Today's podcast, we are hosting Amanda Tamaris. Amanda is coming on to share the life of her brother, Curtis L., whose life was taken much too soon by way of drug addiction. We are going to talk about how drug addiction does not define someone. We are going to share stories and we are going to share real life experience of what it's like living with someone with addiction. Podcasting from Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada. This is connecting your community, building community through unity, through unity, getting things done takes activism and Blaine Higgin and Mallory Chris Jansen have come together to share firsthand community voices, bringing awareness to community issues, watching how other communities handle like problems and sharing their successes, connecting, connecting your community. Here are your hosts, Blaine Higgin and Mallory Chris Jansen. What a beautiful day. We just celebrated Canada Day yesterday. Everyone's feeling good right now. (laughs) Yeah, so we're really, really excited to have Amanda Tamaris here. And we're going to be talking about addictions. And we have a lot of people that even locally that are struggling silently with addiction. And this podcast is going to raise some awareness about what it's like for siblings who have someone that are confined and in and using substances and in addictions, right? So Amanda, before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I am 32 years old. I was born and raised here in Lethbridge on the south side, and I am now raising my three kids here in Lethbridge on the west side. That's beautiful. Awesome. So Lethbridge for life. And 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 the south side to the west side, usually you don't see a lot of that, right? I know, but now you're west, you won't go back. I've heard that same thing, actually. That's right. So we brought you on, and I know for myself, even it's going to get a little bit emotional because I knew your brother. Um, Mm -hmm. I played soccer with your brother. I grew up with your brother. There's a whole crew of us who, I think are still struck by grief, not knowing um, really what was going on. So do you mind just sharing about the recent devastation that your family had to go through? Yeah, um, you know, my mom passed away in my late teens, and that's when my brother kind of hit a downward spiral and was struggling with addiction then. And he pulled through and he did amazing and he built an entire life and he built a home with his um, significant other and had two beautiful children. So when he started spiraling again, it it struck everybody by shock. Um, And just to watch that kind of escalate, um, he had a lot of bottoms there and it it was quite devastating. So when you say spiraling, what kind of spiraling was happening to Curtis? Um, I think it was just started maybe with dabbling here and there, just unable to cope with stresses of life. I mean, I'm not sure. Like anything I say is is basically speculation. It wasn't a circumstance where we're living in the same home and I'm witnessing this firsthand. We were adults living in separate homes, building separate families, you know, together once in a while, but separate for the most part, right? So a lot of what I'm saying is from sp- speculation because that's all I can do Mm -hmm. um but by spiraling I just mean probably just dabbling and getting further and further into his addiction do you think that he was trying to hide his addiction from his families yeah 
did you notice, um, especially when he would get back into it and dabbling, did you notice that, and I know for myself with a family member who struggles with addiction as well, that you would find them kind of backing away, almost isolating, mm-hmm. you know, less conversation, less conversation. Did mm-hmm. you notice those kind of symptoms and signs with Curtis as well? Absolutely, yep. 100%. He was very present within our family. I mean, we had weekly meals together and um, frequent family gatherings together, and it just became more and more uh, sparse. So yeah. the, and during these weekly meetings, is it, are, do you see any difference or is it pretty well hidden? So those out there that are, are struggling a lot of times have a, um, you know, are able to hide that. And he was able to, to do that at uh, the weekly get togethers you would have or whatever. Is that right? He hit it. He hit it pretty well. But I mean, as a sibling, you always have quite a bit of insight, I think. And you have a gut feeling, but you don't have that um, confirmation through like a verbal confirmation. Right. Right. So. And was there ever a question out, uh, a direct question to, to ask if, if there's. Yeah. And it was, and it was hidden from that. Numerous. Yeah. That time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did Curtis ever go to treatment or utilize any type of resources, anything like that? Yeah. Um, he hit a really hard low. Um, he ended up homeless for a bit. His family had um, left yeah. at that point, um, which was the best decision for them and the kids. Um, so he did, he ended up homeless, which was devastating, but that did kickstart him into a direction of going to a treatment facility. Yeah. Yeah. So he went to treatment and then anything else? Like, did he go to AA or CA or anything like that? Um, I think he tried AA a few times. Um, he went maybe once or twice. Mm -hmm. I'm not too sure, but his, Mm -hmm. his big thing was going to Kelowna to get treatment. Yep. And then did he stay out in Kelowna after that? He was in treatment for a year. He was about to hit his graduation and wow. he relapsed. And then what right happened? After, right after uh, the, the graduation time was is when he relapsed then? It was just, just before. So he had messaged me feeling really proud, like I'm about to graduate from this. And then about a week later, I found out he had overdosed. May I ask what he overdosed on? Um, when we got the toxicology report, it came back as, um, cocaine and fentanyl. Cocaine and fentanyl. Gosh. No, it's, 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 you know, you, you, you hear so much about this and I sure appreciate you coming in and speaking because it's, uh, I mean, it really hits home obviously to, to someone that has dealt with this and, and, and you see the cycles as well as getting the treatment. And so you think everything is, is fine. We hear so often of those uh, uh, individuals that actually will will relapse, and mm-hmm. and just knowing why that happened. You know, you're coming to a to a graduation time, but it's a struggle and it's uh, it's tough. We just don't know what's going on, you know, with people's mental health or anything to to put them into that situation. So, again, I, I can't thank you enough for coming in, and mm-hmm. it's very tough, I'm sure, for you to to uh, to speak about, but it's. I, I appreciate it because of you coming in and speaking because of the importance of, of other people knowing that this can this can uh, happen to, to their family members or loved mm-hmm. ones. And I think even just before we take a break, we have this, and, and I just want to put it into my perspective and in my own opinion, we have this massive stigma of what addiction looks like, right? Yeah. 
addiction, you know, a lot of people will think of individuals who are really struggling with homelessness. And that's, that's what addiction looks like. It's not addiction is in our homes. Addiction is in our own families. Right. And I, I don't know anyone that I've ever met that doesn't have a family member or a friend who struggled with addiction. Absolutely. And we mm-hmm. need to stop this stigma mm-hmm. and start talking about it because I relate to you. Um, I do have a family member that's still actively chronically addicted right now. And you wait for that phone call. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it before. You know, you're almost anticipatory grief because you're like, okay, mm-hmm. when am I going to get this phone call? And no matter how hard we work as siblings, as family, we cannot take their pain away. We cannot take their addiction away, right? So mm-hmm. for us being on here right now, it is a very kind reminder to any family member who is struggling with a sibling, a brother, a daughter, a cousin, whatever, that they need to also want the help. Absolutely. No matter how hard you worked for your brother to be there for your brother, right? My own family member, they have to want it too. Mm -hmm. So let's take a break. All right. Connecting your community with Blaine Higgin and Mallory Chris Jansen. We'll be right back after these messages. There's a new art shop in town. What? Watercolors, acrylics, pastels, brushes, oils, canvas, and paper. Oh! Where? It's new. The Art Room at Smith's Audio on 13th Street North. For high performance sound. And super art supplies. Freddy's Paint is all about saving you time and money. With quality Benjamin Paint and our helpful design and paint professionals. Freddy's Paint, voted best of the best, 20 years running. Freddy's Paint in details, 210 17th Street South. Audio, electronics, try Smith's Audio, 13th Street North. You you need the best sound? Yeah, you gotta try Smith's. Smith's Audio, 13th Street North, electronics simplified. We're back. back. (laughs) You know, this is a heavier podcast and this is a podcast that is going to raise awareness and really just talk about what's happening with so many people, even who are silently struggling in their homes. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a sibling is coming forward talking about her brother who has overdosed and died. And, you know, Amanda, you also mentioned that you had lost your mom Mm -hmm. and you've lost your brother. Mm -hmm. How are you dealing? How are you coping? How do you keep going on every day as a mother yourself to three beautiful boys? Um, I mean, you go on because you have to, um, first of all. And as far as like how you get through it, I mean, I'm still going through it. You know, I'm still going through it with my mom to this day. I think I always will. Mm-hmm. Right. But I mean, you do your way of dealing with it always gets better. You get stronger as you go through it and um, your coping skills, they only increase with time. Right. Um, as far as my brother, I mean, that's heartbreaking. It really is. Um, he had he had so much potential, and he could have come through this, and he could have been great. And he did it before, right? So I'm still that's still really heavy. If you could say one thing to your brother, what would it be? Damn, like, <laughs> um, I love you, and I wish you were still here. Like, there's nothing else you really can say. Do you, do you find that uh, talking about it does give help to you personally? You have to talk about it. You absolutely have to. And I mean, just doing this right now and talking about it and having other people hear it who are maybe going through the same thing, who can continue on the conversation, it's important. Yeah. So. 
important. I know. It's it's a different podcast <laughs> than most, obviously, and and uh, going through this is is obviously we've talked about the struggle and and um, uh, is there anything that you could say to other siblings that uh, that may be dealing with the same the same situation or mm-hmm. or may think that they're dealing with the same situation maybe maybe not even know because of course we've we've already heard that it's so easy to hide sometimes mm-hmm. but there still must be some some uh, uh, awareness out there that something is happening something isn't just quite right yeah if it's not adding up i mean you know you know in your heart first before you get any verbal conference confirmation um the biggest thing is finding that balance between supporting somebody with addiction and enabling someone with addiction and that is a hard line to walk but it's such an important place to be because you don't want to just hand someone with an addiction twenty dollars because you know damn well where it's going yep right you know but supporting is making sure that they have food in their belly they're drinking water they know that they're loved you're supporting them in ways of encouraging them to get seek help and just knowing ensuring them that when they get back from treatment they have a a warm place to go Mm -hmm. and they you know you it's not a place of judgment or holding the past against them but encouraging them to push on for a healthy future absolutely did you ever have to put boundaries up yes what what did those boundaries look like because you really just hit we need to talk about that more too amanda Mm -hmm. is we do a lot of enabling yeah. Whether it's frontline organizations, whether it's me as a sister, right? I, I mean, my phone was on. Yeah, you need a ride. I'm there. You know, you're constantly just rescuing, rescuing, rescuing. But there comes a line, right? Mm-hmm. That those boundaries are number one. And yeah. I put them up and it breaks my heart. It, it absolutely breaks my heart because I can't mm-hmm. be there for my own family member because it's not healthy for me. No. Right? So can you share a little bit about the boundaries you had to put up? You know, my boundary was very simple, is I am here for you for emotional support. I will love you through this, but I will, I can't have you come into my home yep. right now. It doesn't mean I don't love you and I don't want you there. It's just right now, it's not good for me and it's not good for my kids to yep. see this. Absolutely. And that is a tough thing because you you feel, I'm sure, even Help since it's passing you, gosh, just as I, I had this boundary, was it right? And, and, mm-hmm. and I, I believe the way you're seeing is, is right. Absolutely. Your kids don't need to see that, yep. mm-hmm. but you were there for that, uh, support. If it was a phone call, if it was trying to help them get, in, get, get into, uh, a program that would help them through this, this, uh, addiction cycle. I'm, I'm really excited with some of the announcements that the government has just put out is, is more of these support services. Mm-hmm. And it's really exciting. I was, uh, uh, have, had the opportunity to, uh, to speak with our premier here a couple of days ago and uh, some of the different services that, are, that are, are coming, long awaited for, the support services, so not mm-hmm. the enabling side of things, get people into treatment, open more treatment beds, the intox, the detox, and, and trying to, to, to help those in need and struggling with addictions by ways like that. And so mm-hmm. I'm hoping it comes sooner than later. These things sometimes take so much time, but mm-hmm. it's, I'm just really happy to see that they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're there and that they're coming. And I yeah, think absolutely. even just despite Curtis almost graduating, um, you know, he made it through almost a year of treatment, right? And one of the things too, just to kind of add on to what you said was one of the lacking pieces that I've noticed is the supportive housing, right? 
and being able to transition back into your own community if that's where you just desire to get sober yeah. is you know you need that extra assistance right but yet yeah. again there's a stigma for maybe people who haven't been through the system or haven't navigated through social services or anything like that or had a professional worker after so we just really want to also take this podcast that if you are struggling with addiction you have numerous of people who care about you we have tons of resources locally provincially we're going to do a resource sheet after this but i really want to just finish this off with something really positive about Curtis before we get going and you know yeah. I was like very crazy growing up I was like <laughs> rambunctious I love to have fun we were super tight growing up and playing soccer together and we went on a trip to Bonneville and you know we're playing rep soccer and Cosmos Chargers and we weren't allowed to see each other at night because like we were so distracted by the boys and the boys the girls right yeah. so Curtis and I were like yeah let's meet each other so we met on the highway at Bonneville and I ended up rolling my ankle <laughs> Like, yeah, it was bad. You couldn't even play soccer. No, I couldn't even play soccer the next day. But listen to the rules. Yeah, set set up, I should right? listen to the rules. <laughs> but there's so many memories that we're left cherishing for yeah. our loved ones. And, you know, I know he loved you so much. And I know that so many people that are in addictions love their family. But sometimes, unfortunately, drugs mean more. Mm-hmm. Alcohol means more. And I think if one thing I hope that comes out of this podcast is that boundaries are okay. Yeah. Right? Empathy is okay. But enabling can also continue people to stay in the cycle, right? Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you'd want to say to the followers before we close? Um, I do just want to say that, you know, my brother had an addiction, but that wasn't who he was as a person. Like he was, he was a good brother and he had, he was a good father. And when he was there, he was a good spouse and significant other and provider. And he was a hard worker. So I don't, I don't want to go out um, with it just ending on he was an addict, like he was a person and a good person and he will be so missed. And that does not define who he is and his spirit was so full of love and life and beauty. Yeah. So we're going to close this podcast now. And at the end of this, there's going to be a massive amount of resources, both within Lethbridge and also provincially, because we have crisis lines, we have addiction lines. We know that also through COVID that many people have been engaging more frequently in substances. So we just want to remind everybody that you are not alone. And if you are someone who has someone in their life struggling, we will also provide resources for you. Thank you for tuning in today. And thank you. And thank you, Amanda. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Connecting Your Community with Blaine Higgin and Mallory Chris Jansen. Join us next time as we continue to discuss community topics and how all of us together can make a difference. Remember, there is no community without unity.